It's a fourth straight victory Monday as the Indianapolis Colts won a thriller in overtime against the Tennessee Titans to complete the sweep. Have the Colts gone from a possible playoff team to a likely playoff team? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and I'm joined here as always by my fellow writer and analyst at Horseshoe Huddle, Drake Wally. Drake, the Colts just keep winning. Four straight victories now for the Indianapolis Colts, going from three and five to seven and five, and now technically the sixth seed in the AFC. It's it's been a pretty wild ride. But how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing amazing. And, you know, it, it was it really took overtime to get this one done. You know, it was one hell of a game. And, you know, props to Will Levis. He played tough in the pocket, too. I mean, it was it was arguably one of the most exciting games I've seen all year. And it, it, if not the most, it's definitely up there with, with them. So um, for, for them to get such a gritty win, uh, clutch win like that in overtime, Boy, that just makes it all the more sweeter and with a pretty soft schedule ahead, at least until you face the Houston Texans in week 18. Yeah, it, it, it was a very exciting game, you know, and, and we, we talked about it beforehand. Uh, the record really wasn't going to matter with this game. You know, mm-hmm. it was going to because anytime that the Colts and Titans play, it's always a, a battle between these AFC South rivals. So it, it didn't matter that the, the, the Titans had only won four games. Uh, there was it was going to be close and and credit to it really took big plays from from all three sides of the ball for the Indianapolis Colts to pull this one out. So uh, but. Hey, a win is sometimes it's not pretty, but a win is a win in the NFL. True is getting us started off out hot this evening with a super sticker. Thank you so much, True, for the super sticker, buddy. He says, "Tighten down, tighten down." <laughs> uh, uh, it's certainly what a lot of Colts fans have been saying over the past twenty-four hours. So, True, thank you so much, buddy, for all of your support. B-ball says Mondays always feel better with a W. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, that's definitely true. It's always sure. a lot more fun talking about a Colts victory than a Colts loss here on the Horseshoe Huddle podcast. Stats Matt is in the house. What's up, gents? Glad we could shut up the Titans fans for a while. Also glad that the Pierce slander can quiet down some. Also reminder, Pitt is a wide receiver one. Facts only by Stats Matt. Uh, and then Wyatt Law says, best wishes to Shaq in Philly. So we have a lot to talk about tonight. Obviously, the Colts uh, game, they're getting their fourth straight win over the Tennessee Titans. Uh, we'll go over some of the injuries and, and, and some of the Colts news. It includes Shaq Leonard and him deciding to sign with the Philadelphia Eagles today, as well as give our Colts player of the game for that overtime victory over the Titans. But before we do that, please go follow us on all of our socials like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook, follow at Colts on FN on X and subscribe to our Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. We're still just under 100 subscribers away from 2000, trying to reach that 2000 mark before the end of the regular season here. So guys, five more weeks, five more weeks to get us over that 2K mark. So please subscribe uh, and hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I go live so you never miss an episode and a chance to join us in the chat. But if you can't catch us live or on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, 
Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. So make sure you subscribe, give us a five-star review so we can reach other Colts fans just like you. Drake, we've got a lot to talk about, so let's just dive right into it. The Colts sweep the Tennessee Titans in an overtime thriller, 31-28 to yesterday. Uh, certainly came down to the wire. Uh, and it did, and for a while there, it didn't look like the Colts were going to get that fourth straight win, trailing the Tennessee Titans. I think it was seventeen to seven at one point. And and at that, and when when that's going through your mind, you're thinking, you know, uh, another another defeat at that on the road to a divisional opponent. But credit to the Indianapolis Colts making big plays on offense, defense, and special teams to really get themselves back into this game and 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 win in over time uh it in pretty exciting fashion yeah and there's nothing worse playing uh than than playing the titans and having derrick henry start off the game absolutely hot and then you know i think by halftime the guy had uh 70 or more rushing yards already so he really was was giving the colts a grim outlook because when you're down 17 to 7 against the titans they don't even have to really disguise what they're going to do because they have derrick henry back there so for them to for them to do this on the road, okay. For them to do this in arguably one of the most hostile places they're going to play, uh, with such an important win, a divisional win against a really good coach, former coach of the year, by the way, I believe Mike Mike Vrabel has won the award. Um, that's very impressive, and I think Shane Steichen really needs to hang his hat on that that victory. And I can't remember the last time the Colts even swept the Titans, so. It's it's been quite quite some time, but and you know the the two the tandem that led that charge yesterday was the wide receivers for the Indianapolis Colts. Michael Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce. That's where I want to start today because boy, those boys were fan fantastic all game long against the titans really couldn't be stopped you know alec pierce gets things going with that with that that big touchdown his first touchdown of the year on the third offensive play for the indianapolis colts on sunday and then michael Pittman, death by a thousand cuts another game with over 10 catches over 100 yards and and then getting that that clutch touchdown there at the end what'd you think about Pittman and pierce yesterday drake and and just how important they were to this colts victory yeah, right out, right out of the gate. Um, I have to say that I know that Dio Dangbo's jersey is back there, but the reason that I decided to switch him early is because I want to put this front and center right here. Here it is. <laughs> you finally got yourself a dose of Alec freaking Pierce. So uh, I, I got to say, man, it, it really felt good to see Gardner Minshew, who's not akin to throwing deep like that, just attack the defense. Pierce multiple times. And look, Minshew, we'll talk about it later, but he was Good goodness, all over the place. I mean, good, bad, great, terrible, everything. Um, and he missed a couple of opportunities, one in the end zone with Alec Pierce, and there was another deep ball where Alec Pierce, he was just roasting their secondary all game. So I think that you finally got a, a, a dose of what he can really do to a defense, and that opened up. I mean, Pittman's already good enough, but it opened up a lot in the middle for Michael Pittman to work because – they started right out of the gate. They hit him with that pass to Pierce, you know, and he averaged 33 yards on three catches or per catch uh, for a hundred on the day. So they were really not wanting to get beat deep and Pittman used that to his advantage. And so did Steichen. And so did Minshew knowing what they were trying to do, you know, so it really worked out well. Sorry. No, no, go right ahead. He said, you really, you really, 
put it pretty well. You know, Minshew really hasn't uh, distributed the ball to Alec Pierce a lot just because they're we've we, we've talked about this too. Their their skill sets really just don't match up. Minshew doesn't like really throw the ball deep that often, and and that's what Alec Pierce's strength is. So stats, Matt chiming in. Also, imagine Pierce could have had 180 yards and three touchdowns if Minshew doesn't throw a high ball in the end zone and overthrow Pierce, who was open by three yards. Anthony Doe, uh, our good friend. Good to see you, buddy. He says, Alec <laughs> M.F. Pierce. So happy for him, man. He's faced a lot of unfair yeah. criticism this season. NFL nerd is here. I've never lost confidence in Pierce, and I hope they keep feeding him. I think that's that, that was the, the consensus among a lot of Colts fans yesterday is Alec Pierce, I even tweeted it out, well, welcome to the party. You know, it was really good to see Alec Pierce get involved because he has – he has really received a lot of criticism this season, you know, and, and sometimes rightfully so other times, not so much. Uh, but at the same time, he just hasn't had the opportunities. And I think we forget Alec Pierce is only in his second year. He hasn't even completed two full years of NFL football yet. So sometimes these guys can get into little ruts. A lot of times it, it's dependent with these wide receivers dependent on the quarterback they're with too you know with Anthony Richardson we thought it was a match made in heaven because Richardson was going to be able to sling that ball deep and 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 really give it out to Alec Pierce with Minshew it's a little bit different style it's more of take what the defense gives you kind of dink and dunk and, and gradually take it down the field but the way the Tennessee Titans were playing Alec Pierce yesterday and and his his ability to get by that defense and get get to uh uh just break things deep he did a really good job of, of taking advantage of the opportunity of the opportunities that were afforded to him. I want to shout out to my beautiful wife, Danielle for her $5 Ooh. super sticker tonight. Thank you so much for all of your support uh, and, and keeping us, keeping us, uh, Real, real nice and going with these super chats this evening and b-ball giving her a shout out as well she's enjoying some christmas movies right now while we're uh while we're watching uh or while we're talking colts so uh hopefully hopefully once that once she's getting this out of her system so we can watch some monday night football later that's 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 what i'm hoping at least but thank you so much for your support but yeah drake i mean it was just really good to see alec pierce out there and and getting in and just being able to 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 really add to what this Colts offense can do. You know, a lot of times they they've been missing some of that explosive element in the passing game. And it was good to see Alec Pierce really bring that. And for, for the Colts to give him a shot for Minshew to start looking his way and, and giving him some opportunities to take advantage of that Titan secondary. Yes. And I love what you said about that. It's his second year. It's not only that, but in his first year, he has a broken down Matt Ryan. He has Nick Foles and Sam Ellinger, and he has two different head coaches. Okay. I mean, there's just so much going on. This is almost like a restart for him, you know, especially with a guy like Shane Steichen, who's got a far more complex offense than either one of those two. So um, I, I think that now you're dealing with all of a sudden you're starting quarterbacks gone, you know, so there's just been constant change kind of like with Pittman for Pierce. Now, is is Pierce going to be as good as Pittman? I I don't think so, but I do think that Alec Pierce's true skill sets are are going to take time to mold. I really do, and I think that Steichen knows this. And maybe you just saw the corner turn 
in this game right here. Maybe you start to see more consistent shots downfield because, boy, it really puts pressure on a defense. When you hit just one or two of those deep balls, man, it really throws a lot of, of wrenches into what they can do because that just opens up a lot of things underneath as well. I agree. And then talking about Pittman, man, I mean, give that man his damn money, you know, and if it, if you're, if you're, if you don't believe he's a wide receiver one at this point, then either you don't know football or, or you're just refusing to, to, to admit when, when you're wrong, you know, Michael Pittman Jr. is taking over this offense. I wrote about it last week. I wrote about it last night for today. Michael Pittman Jr. is, is who the Colts need to rely on on this offense moving forward especially with jonathan taylor out and he's answering the bell he just passed hall of fame wide receiver marvin harrison for the most catches by a Colts wide receiver in their first four seasons. He's also the second uh, Colts wide receiver in franchise history with Marvin Harrison to go back-to-back -back games with over 10 catches and over 100 yards. Michael Pittman is absolutely dominating out there. And, and he's going to be worth every cent that the Colts are going to pay him this offseason. I don't think it's it's even up for discussion uh, if the Colts are going to extend Michael Pittman. I don't think they allow him to reach free agency. I think they lock him up to a long-term deal uh, before then and and don't even mess with, with things like that. Michael Pittman Jr. was an absolute force yesterday and has been a force for practically the entirety of the 2023 season. Uh, in regards to Michael Pittman Jr., so the wide receiver one talk, I am going to throw some stats out there along with some other names among the league leaders in receiving, and we'll see who he stacks up against. So receptions, he's got 87 on the year. He is fourth in the NFL behind Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill, CeeDee Lamb, in front of Amon Ross, St. Brown, Stephon Diggs, and A.J. Brown. On targets, even better, he is tied for second with Tyreek Hill in the NFL with 127. He's only 11 behind the leader, Keenan Allen. And as far as yards, he's more of the Dinkin or he's more of the short yardage guy right now. Volume catcher, so he is 14th in the NFL with 889 yards. But look, man, I know that the Bengals and Jags still have to play, but none of the either of those teams' receivers are close to this. Okay, Michael Pittman is a wide receiver one. He's done it with seven freaking quarterbacks. He's done it already this season with two, to two totally different skill sets and constant switches at play calling. Give the man his contract. Give the man credit, NFL fans. Michael Pittman's arrived. He has. He has. And, and this is a great point by NFL nerd. How about MPJ in overtime? this season Electric. I mean, that, that's a great point you know you think of the overtime the games against the uh against the baltimore ravens uh where where michael Pittman made that tremendous catch with a guy's hand inside of his helmet that that really set up the colts uh with with great field position and then yesterday you know making i know he made a phenomenal move to get open and it was just an easy pitching catch to Gardner Minshew after that to get that touchdown you know, it, it just the, the little things that Michael Pittman Jr. has done continue working at his craft. Uh, and, and whether it is, you know, like like you said, Drake, he's more of the volume catcher. They've really been focusing on getting the ball to Michael Pittman in, in short yardage situations to kind of move the chains. But 
that's just because the Colts ask him to do that. That doesn't mean he can't catch a deep ball. We've seen multiple times where you throw it up there deep for Michael Pittman. He's pretty much going to sky over everybody to grab that touchdown. So, I mean, he he's, he's turning into what we thought he could in the Shane Steichen offense, a dominant wide receiver one. He's really taken over that AJ Brown role within the Shane Steichen offense that we saw last year getting those volume catches. Uh, uh, he hasn't been used deep as much, but I think if we're having Anthony Richardson and their quarterback, you see deeper throws to Michael Pittman Jr. They're still just trying to tailor things to, to Minshew and what Minshew does well, and I understand that. So that has a little bit to do with it, but again, Michael Pittman is coming up clutch whenever his name is called. Uh, you, you can't really think of, of any egregious drops that Pittman has had this year. He's, he just does a stats matter. I know he said this earlier in the chat. He just does everything well right here. Pittman is just so reliable. You can't discount that aspect. Might not have the yards per catch some big names have, but you know you can rely on him. He deserves everything he gets. And, and I would agree stats man i mean uh, if you're still a, a michael pittman or if you're still hating on what michael pittman does not only for this team but his talents as a wide receiver uh, i think you just don't want to be proved wrong you know at this point it's it's a foregone conclusion that 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 michael pittman is going to be the number one wide receiver for the colts for a long time and and i, I i'm perfectly happy with that yeah no just a uh... Listen, 87 catches on the season. Then you've got Josh Downs second with 51. And then it is a distant third with Alec Pierce with 25 and then Kylan Granson with 20. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, th this is a this is a guy who it doesn't just dominate. But again, we talked about it before. When you play the Colts, you you don't not game plan for Michael Pittman Jr. You do everything you can to remove him. And all he does is just still go out there and make a ridiculous amount of catches and plays so give him credit he's making it work and it doesn't matter who the hell you throw at him and i would say his leadership has really gone up as well too i mean you, you see it you see it within that group and you see it within that locker room guys gravitate to michael Pittman jr we have our, uh, another super chat this evening from joe denham what's up joe really appreciate all of your support and glad you're able to catch us again live here and, and join us in the chat joe says what's up guys what game are you most excited for the rest of the way drake I'm gonna let you go here first the Colts the the remaining five opponents for the Colts are at Cincinnati then home against the Steelers then at the Falcons on on Christmas Eve uh, uh then home against the Las Vegas Raiders on New Year's Eve and then the week 18 matchup with the Houston Texans so who which game are you most excited for I'm really excited for the Pittsburgh Steelers game because I know that I was really against them winning that just because of history and how dare I uh what disrespect to Shane Steichen I I didn't I didn't give him any respect in this that's the game <laughs> I'm excited for, for because I think they've got one hell of an opportunity to break that eight I think it's an eight game losing streak in a row and uh I think Shane Steichen's gonna finally get the Colts over Mike Tomlin that's that's gonna be a very crucial matchup uh for the playoff picture for me i think i'm gonna go with houston i think i'm gonna go that week 18 Ooh, yeah. matchup against the houston texans uh not only could that be for a wild card spot to end the season uh it also gives the colts an opportunity to to revenge to uh, avenge themselves from what happened to week 18 last year against the houston texans so 
both both of those games I think are going to be fantastic. If you look at tickets for the Colts Steelers game, I haven't looked for Houston, uh, but if you're looking at tickets for Colts Steelers, you might want to grab those soon because prices are are quickly going up. So yeah. really appreciate the question, Joe. A uh, lot of fun to answer, and I think all the rest of the way these these games are going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but Drake, let's talk about Gardner Minshew. You know the guy throwing to Alec Pearson and Michael Pittman yesterday wasn't always pretty. Definitely had some throws and some plays that that make you scratch your head, and and you want to you want to. I'm sure he would like to have back, especially that that two point or that two point conversion that he threw uh, wildly that got tipped and then returned for two points. But I mean, with all that said, you also have to give him credit for when he does some really good things. And and I thought in overtime, especially, he put the ball where it needed to be. He made the correct reads, threw an absolute dime on that deep ball to Alec Pierce. Uh, and then, and then uh, he stayed calm, made a very good throw to Michael Pittman in the end zone that ended up sealing it. So at this point, Drake, I wanted to ask you, I mean, we've been talking about uh, which Gardner Minshew are we going to get? Is this the Gardner Minshew that we're just going to get for the rest of the way? A kind of a roller coaster of emotions, and you you've got to take the highs with the lows. I think so because he's a backup quarterback at the end of the day. I mean, he's high end, but man, he's a backup QB, and you and you're just not going to get consistent play from a backup quarterback. I mean, uh, even some of the best you can think of. The first one that sticks out to me is Ryan Fitzpatrick, explosive as hell, could also throw four interceptions in a game. I mean, he was he was the definition of fire and ice. So I, I think that Minshew, though, the one thing you got to really hold on to if you're a Colts fan out there, he knows this offense and he knows it better than anyone on that roster. And it showed in that Titans game because he knew exactly what to do in overtime. Him and Shane Steichen clearly had a plan. He clearly wanted to come out aggressive as soon as they got the ball. He And, and I give credit at the end of the day. He hit Alec Pierce on two beautiful deep balls. So I think at the end of the day, Minshew did what he needed to do, but – yeah, just get used to some really high highs and some really low lows. I think I think that's a good point. Just we have to go in with realistic expectations mm-hmm. about Gardner Minshew here because he's not going to be perfect. You know, he's a backup quarterback for a reason. There's going to be times where where he doesn't perform well, and 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 unfortunately, the Colts are just going to either have to live with that or or overcome that. You know, so again, you're probably not going to win very many games because of Gardner Minshew, uh, but you can win games with Gardner Minshew, and I think the Colts have really done a good job of. Of, of of doing that so far obviously four wins in a row with Minshew under center there and 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 Shane Steichen I think it, it deserves a lot of credit too for for tr- putting Gardner Minshew in spots that he can easily succeed to he can easily succeed not asking him to be the hero for this offense I think a lot of it is you know getting the ball quickly into your playmakers hands like like Michael Pittman like Josh Downs like Alec Pierce that we saw yesterday yesterday when you're doing all of those things and and handing it off making the right decisions on some rpos having jonathan taylor and zach moss kind of control the running game that's that's being very honest with yourself in and be in shane steichen being honest in what he has in gardner Minshew, not asking him to do too much and instead trying to put him in the best situations for him to succeed and get it out to his playmakers so that way this offense can go uh, at, at its as about as well as it can uh considering anthony richardson is isn't isn't on the field anymore this season 
And it's incredibly important to know your quarterback's limitations and his floor. And I'm telling you, Shane Steichen is not going to put, unless you have no other choice, he's not going to put too much on Gardner Minshew's plate that he doesn't feel like he can handle. So I, I, I think that at the end of the day, he's in a great position right now. You're seven and five. We, we've talked about uh, some of the quarterbacks that are upcoming for the Colts. I mean, it is, it is arguably outside of Houston, the easiest set of quarterbacks I, I, I think an NFL team can face in a four-game stretch. I mean, it's really, really looking perfect for the Colts if they if they really want to make a playoff run. So maybe Minshew can bounce back at some of these easier matchups. We'll have to see. But, man, he's got to get over that turnover. But because I, I can't even remember how many games in a row now he's had one. But, you know, fumbling inside the five is pretty brutal. Yeah, fumbling inside the five, you know, not placing it, not putting the ball in harm's way uh, uh, on that two-point conversion to allow it to be tipped. And and overall, his stats look pretty good. I mean, Minshew was 26 of 42 for 312 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, three sacks. Yeah. Uh, but but that again, that's why stats don't really tell the whole story. And and, and just to just to kind of add these in here, Michael Pittman 11 catches for 105 yards yesterday in the touch touchdown alec pierce three catches for 100 yards and a touchdown and as stats matt said could have been a lot more but but yeah gardner Minshew, the stats look like he played an excellent game and and i wouldn't say it was awful he certainly had oh, much yeah. worse performances this season <laughs> yeah but but it, it, it definitely wasn't a game where you look where you if you were actually watching the game or you rewatch the film you're thinking man gardner Minshew was the reason the colts won this football game he definitely had had an impact in it and 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 I'm, I, I think he was one of the, the reasons in overtime that the Colts performed well. But as the game as a whole, he definitely had his ups and downs. And I, that's just what, what life is going to be with the Indianapolis Colts for the rest of the season. So, Drake, let's take a look at the special teams uh, uh, game for the Indianapolis Colts yesterday, which was absolutely insane. Credit to Brian Mason and his crew for, honestly, changing the, the the momentum and and probably shifting without the plays by the special teams unit yesterday i don't think the colts win this football game i really don't they they completely changed the momentum and the trajectory of this game starting out with the man with the beautiful mane uh i saw a comment earlier in the show and i want to try to find it here and highlight it about Grant Stewart. Uh, I know Patrick Rye is, is watching us tonight. Patrick's favorite player in Grant Stewart. But I saw a comment that said Grant Stewart is, is a, going to be getting a head and shoulders commercial guaranteed. Uh, but what a game. By, by this unit. So we'll start out with that. Grant Stewart returning the uh, uh, the fumble for a touchdown or the, the blocked punt for a touchdown. And you know who blocked that punt? Nick Cross. So Nick Cross got some plenty of defensive snaps yesterday, but he got that very important blocked punt to kick things off. And Stewart was there to take it in for a touchdown. Drake, what was your reaction to that play and really just the, the special teams play as a whole from the Colts yesterday? Well, I, I, I I lost my mind. I, it was a, it was a wonderful wonderful play, and man, Nick Cross really. I think that's probably the play of his career. That like you 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 might look back on and say that's when he really started to make a statement. Look, man, guys like Zaire Franklin and EJ Speed both got started on special teams. All right, the Colts. Mm -hmm love special teams and and Shane Steichen really went outside the box to get Brian Mason we talked about this on our Bleacher Report episode but for him to not just go with a uh, you know a guy like 
maybe try to grab Rich Bisaccia. I know that he's a big special teamer in the NFL, and he was at one point was a head coaching candidate. Uh, he could have gone after somebody that's within the league, and he went outside the box to a guy from Notre Dame who, as you know, as a Notre Dame fan, they had outstanding special teams underneath Brian Mason. And so I think that Nick Cross, I mean, on the day, he actually, like you said, he had five total tackles, so the guy saw the field. So you're seeing more of number 20. You're seeing him out there more, but – Goodness, man, you talk about a play that can change an entire game. After that, it seemed to all go the Colts' way, really. Yeah, it did. And and I think and, and I think the special teams for the Colts has received a bit of flack this season. You know, Bubba Ventrone no longer with the team. He's over with the, the Cleveland Browns. The Colts have given up numerous big returns on the year, maybe haven't seen the the high standard of play that, that this team that we're used to seeing with above a Ventrone coach group. But again, Brian Mason, first year as a special teams coordinator in the NFL, you had to give him time to kind of put his spin on things, kind of get his feet wet as well. And I love, and, and while we all know Shane Steichen isn't going to dive too much into scheme, he did, he did reveal a little bit that the Colts saw some things on tape that they thought they could take advantage of in this, in the punt game. You know, and as far as going after the punt, and and sure enough, with with Brian Mason noticed that he got the guys coached up well, and it started with the Nick Cross block punt that that Grant Stewart returned for a touchdown, and then I think it was the very next punt. You know, Tony Brown, for all the flack that Tony Brown received at, at the cornerback position this year, comes off the edge from his gunner spot, gets to Ryan Stonehouse before he's able even able to punt the ball. It looked like a block punt. Turns out it was a forced fumble by Tony Brown. That's how quick Brown got to Stonehouse that it ended up being a fumble because he wasn't able to even get the ball punted away. Picked up by Saguna Luby, uh, who takes it and gets the Colts well into scoring range uh, where they're able to get another field goal. Uh, so again, just multiple punts and and turn and after what happened yesterday with with everything, uh, the the two messed up punts that the Colts forced, uh, a missed extra point by Nick Folk. The Titans fired their special teams coordinator today. So pretty insane how how dominant the Colts were on, on special teams. And I'm going to give a shout out to Isaiah McKenzie for, for a couple of really nice returns as well, friend of the show. Uh and and you know what? That that very well could be the difference in in winning in the in that game yesterday yesterday. You know, we obviously the Pierce's, the Pittmans, they get they get recognized as being the ones that that really sealed the game, and rightfully so. But those special teams plays, Drake, those that was, in my opinion, the turning point in this game where the Colts started to believe, you know what, we can actually do this thing and, and we can come back and win this football game. Yeah, and look, special teams, not glamorous, not a sexy you know part of the game. Everyone talks about all three phases, but only the, the only ones that get talked about are offense and defense. But look here, uh, when your special teams all right, are scoring the points, for you that makes your offense say look these guys can't be the only ones doing this that makes the defense say we got to get the ball back for the offense so they're not the only ones doing this like i also think that it shows look while tony brown in my humble opinion if he's out there playing cornerback ever again at any point the colts are in trouble at cornerback okay <laughs> uh gotta be honest in the nfl it's a tough league but look tony brown I would put him up there with some of the best gunners in the league. This guy is a lightning bolt of quickness. That's something that I know everyone talks about him falling on his butt against the Saints and Rashid Shahid killing him. But look, he is just, just frighteningly quick. Okay, so when he 
it was incredibly like well well schemed out where as soon as that ball was like mid snap brown was already in full sprint and there was nothing stonehouse could do he had to try to kick the punt he can't he didn't even see him coming so credit to brian mason i think this may have been his nfl coming out party where he showed the whole league look i can scheme up some pretty awesome stuff and it gives the Colts confidence moving forward, too, with their special teams unit. But the special mm-hmm. teams was, wasn't the only unit. They got pressure on the Titans yesterday. The Colts pass rush, Drake. Samson Ebukam, Quiddy Pay, quietly po- uh, one of the best pass rushing duos in the NFL. I think they're, encro- they're encroaching that, that top 10 of pass rushing duos. You know, two sacks by Samson Ebukam yesterday, two sacks by Quiddy Pay. So I think Ebukam has eight on the season. Quiddy Pay now at seven and a half. Both career highs for those guys. They made Will Levis's life a living hell yesterday you and and it was just it's 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 really cool to see this tandem coming together because we can talk about it all we want how we think quitty pay is going to have a breakout third season we think samson ebukam is is going to thrive in this starter role now that he's getting more snaps it's it's all fun to to talk about it but we actually need to see it on the field. And those guys, especially the second half of the 2023 season, those guys are becoming a problem for opposing offensive linemen. Yeah, and the, this team's averaging three and a half sacks a game. All right, that's a lot of pressure. And so Levis, he's a catch-22 because he's tougher than hell, and he'll stand in that pocket and take the blows but that also works against him. And so I, I six sacks on the day. Look, man, I think Ebicom's season high before this was like 5.5 or something. Okay, he's on his way to 10 plus, which I think the great Andrew Moore called before the season even started. And then you've got Quiddy Pay over here who's got seven and a half. Dio Dengbo right behind me. How you doing? 6.5 sacks to Forrest Buckner, 5.5. And then Tyquan Lewis with three. Taven Bryan with two. Jake Martin with two. You've got depth sacks too. So I'm telling you, this defensive front is humming, and they're getting back, arguably, one of the most disruptive run defenders in the entire league on the interior. Okay, so you talk about getting uh, Grover Stewart back at the right time. This is the right time to get him back, is in the middle of playing like this. Exactly, and stats, Matt, read my mind. Levis held the ball for almost three seconds, a drop back. That's not great, but good for a pass rush. And and Will Levis did hold on to that football uh, quite a bit. You called it. Yeah, I said you know if he's you, you keep good you keep tight pressure. Levis loves to hold on to the ball, so there's going to be opportunities to get sacks, and that's exactly what what happened there. Samson Ebukam and Quiddy Pay really took advantage of that. Both forced fumbles yesterday. Uh, when I take a quick look at the stats here, uh, I think it was. Let me see. I think I think Pittman uh Quiddy Pay forced one, Samson Ebucom forced another, if I have that correct. But again, just just really solid football out of these guys. And and it's it's becoming noticeable. I think both of those guys are now in the top 20 in the NFL in terms of sacks with eight and seven and a half, both career highs for those guys. It's it's really good to see. And and I think altogether as a team, you mentioned the other guys that that are it's not just those two. It's it's multiple oh, no. guys with, with Odangbo, Buckner, Tyquan Lewis, who had a hell of a game yesterday. Colts have 42 sacks total 
on the season. They are easily on pace to break their franchise record in terms of team sacks in a season, and they're currently second in the NFL in sacks. I think the only team ahead of them is the Baltimore Ravens with 47 sacks. Colts have 42 sacks on the season, and it, it certainly helps them in a game like this. So w- Will Levis, he, he was definitely fired up. To, to play the Indianapolis Colts yesterday, uh, maybe a little too fired up at times. It almost seemed like this might have been his Super Bowl. Uh, but again, he's a young player. I'm not going to fault him for that. But but Le- the Colts defense, it seemed like, got the better of Levis yesterday. He was 16 for 33, 224 yards, one touchdown, six sacks for a QBR of 27.8. Definitely not, not the worst performance I've seen out of a rookie quarterback this year. But Levis has plenty to work on if he wants to reach uh, the elites of the NFL. Yeah, and look, at the end of the day, if you're Tennessee, you probably should invest in some freaking pass catchers. I mean, good Lord. Pass catchers are offensive linemen. Any any one of those two would be huge. But, hey, at the end of the day, it's still a divisional opponent. It's a kid that's tough as nails that's going to give you every ounce of effort he can to beat the team that did not take him, one of the 32 that did not take him in the first round. Um, so credit the Colts, 31 to 28. That was, man, I, I can't emphasize enough. That was absolutely one of the most exciting games I've seen all year. Yeah, and and I think I think in the past game, I mean, at times gave the Colts some trouble, mm-hmm. but really it was the running game of the Tennessee Titans that that gave the Colts trouble yesterday. And this is why I think your your comment about Grover Stewart, oh. uh, the Colts desperately are, are need Grover Stewart back, and and are very thankful that this past Sunday was the final game of his six game suspension. But the, the altogether, the the Tennessee Titans rushed for. 177 yards on the Colts yesterday 4.2 yards per carry uh if we want to get into individual numbers Derek Henry uh uh, had 21 carries for 102 yards and two touchdowns most of that was in the first half alone because he 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 had to leave the game uh it was in concussion protocol and and missed most of the second half but it seemed like the Titans didn't really uh, skip a beat because Tajay Spears came in, a guy that I really liked in this draft cycle out of Tulane, 16 carries for 75 yards yesterday, both guys uh, close to five yards per carry. Grover Stewart could not come back at a better time. I, I think that pretty much sums up uh, uh, what, what we need to say about this Colts rush defense, especially over these past six games when Big Grove has been out. Yeah, and the the game that really stuck out to me, Andrew, was uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Rashad White, 3.3 yards of carry coming into that game. Even with Grover Stewart out, I'm thinking, they got this, okay? Mm-hmm. And he had his season best, okay? I mean, he 15 carries 100 yards. That's just not acceptable. And so I was nerve-wracked going into this game. I'm like, now you're dealing with a guy who moves at a 4.5, you know, a second 40-yard dash speed, and he's as big as some of these defensive tackles. So, you know what? I'll, I'll be honest. If Henry doesn't get hurt, he had a lot of momentum, man. I mean, he had he a lot of momentum. But, but give Tajay Spears credit. 
16 carries, 75 yards. Each one of these guys almost had over 100. Uh, or Henry had 102, but, I mean, Spears almost had 100 yards as well. He was just one big run from doing that. So they really didn't miss a beat. And give give credit again to those two because it's a bad offensive line, no real passing threat, and the Colts had Levis bottled up. So um, I think, though, that, like you said, a lot of those runs weirdly went to the outside. Maybe it's because Indy was – maybe because they felt like Indy had a strategy to stop the interior runs because there was a lot of those outside runs where it was just Henry and a defensive back or Spears and a defensive back. So look for the Colts to not only thank the football gods above that Grover Stewart's returning. I think someone said they need to roll out the red carpet (laughs) for big Grove's (laughs) return, Uh, but look for these linebackers and these defensive backs to work on open field tackling. Cause while Joe Mixon's not some kind of massive running back threat, he does have the skills to make you miss an open space and could take it to the house with speed. That's an area I noticed yesterday that the Colts really struggled with, and they have struggled uh, pretty much. I mean, not, not to an extent where it's it's their biggest issue on defense, but it's definitely an alarming issue is is mixed missed tackles. The Colts have just po- oh, point yeah. like missed way too many tackles this season on defense, and and that's something they need to need to shore up. But I mean, Grover Stewart, I think definitely the suspension didn't hurt him as far as uh, uh next contract is is concerned probably earned him a few extra dollars uh just his worth on this on this defensive line and i i think the colts probably in the offseason need to look at drafting or bringing in another run stopping defensive tackle because outside of grover stewart it's not good depth behind there uh, as far as being able to stop the run and and we've seen that uh we saw that up close and personal over these past six games. So it'll be nice to have Grover Stewart back this Sunday, but four straight wins for the Indianapolis Colts Drake. It's it, and like I said, in the opener, it's, it's becoming more likely now that the Colts pr- might make the playoffs. You know, they've, they've gone from a possible playoff team. Are they now, do you think a likely playoff team uh, this season with five games remaining? You know, uh, I was, I was actually really quick. Okay, yeah, so here are the quarterbacks that the Indianapolis Colts are going to be facing. More than likely, anything could happen. Joe Browning, not Joe Burrow. All right, I think it's Joe Browning is, is the backup. Then you've got – is uh, it Jake Browning? Jake Browning, my apologies. And then is it is is Pickett – he's out for – Pickett just what? had ankle surgery today. Okay, so, so he it's is, it, And he, I think he got placed on IR. So he will uh, – and that could be wrong. Stats, Matt, if that's wrong call me out but it does i can almost guarantee the colts will be facing mitch trubisky when they play the steelers not kenny pickett so listen to this you've got jake browning you've got mitch trubisky you have desmond ritter who no offense taylor heineke is more of a threat to the indianapolis colts than desmond ritter is taylor heineke beat the colts last season with the commanders he he did and then you've got aiden o'connell who is a rookie who's probably not a long-term starter Then, of course, which is the game that is the unicorn, which I truly think, again, whoever loses this game is out of the playoffs. Then you've got C.J. Stroud, a rookie quarterback who, albeit playing on a torrid level, is still your biggest competition. They have a smorgasbord of goodness ahead of them. If they are going to make a playoff push and they're getting back one of their best defensive players against these next four quarterbacks, all of them are backup level. I mean, they have a golden opportunity to walk into into that Houston game with a, a, an eight game win streak. Okay. They have a golden opportunity. I still think they drop one of these just because they have a backup quarterback, but we'll see. They've, they've just got a great chance though, to really finish strong here. 
any team can win on any given Sunday That's in right. the NFL. So none of these games are locks. You know, the Colts have to go on the road to Cincinnati, on the road to Atlanta. And Atlanta, it's not like they're going to throw in the towel. They're still they're currently, I think, six and six and leading the, the NFC South. They're going to be playing to to secure up the, the division there. The the Raiders with under Antonio Pierce, while they they might not seem formidable, that that team plays hard. Houston is always going to be a tough match. I don't care if the Colts beat them by 11 last time. CJ Stroud has gotten much better uh, uh, than, than that first matchup. And the Colts don't have Anthony Richardson, who dominated in the first quarter and a half against the Texans. So you, you throw all that together. Pittsburgh's always hard to, play, hard, hard to play. Cincinnati still has weapons on the outside, even though Joe Burrow isn't there. None of these games are going to be easy. The Colts still need to go out there, execute, and take care of business, regardless of who is out there playing quarterback back but what what the, what the Colts can ask for though is they control their own destiny and they seem to be getting healthier at this point as well yes Braden Smith went down yesterday so that that's up in the air but again I thought Blake Freeland has continued to progress throughout the season played well yesterday in Braden Smith's stead Grover Stewart coming back it seems like Juju Brents while he hasn't practiced yet the sense coming out of the Colts building is that he's very close to practicing. So Juju Brents could be coming back anytime now. Jonathan Taylor, yes, is on the mend, but you know, he might still be able to come back for those final few games of the season and give the Colts a boost. So in my opinion, if I had to say right now and I had to put money on yes or no, do the Colts make the playoffs? realistically i'm gonna go yes i'm gonna go yes at this point it's not a guarantee but i really feel good about where this team is right now and 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 their focus not only on on just the playoffs ahead but going each individual opponent i've completely bought into what shane steichen is doing with this team and i feel like the players have as well so these final five weeks of the season colts fans buckle up because it's going to be a lot of fun uh i don't i don't I, it's probably not going to be a sweep i don't see the colts sweeping all five of these games they're gonna oh, there's God. gonna be a game or even two where the where the colts kind uh, uh kind of fall short and and take the l but man with with how close everything is and and the opportunity ahead of them I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that I'm going to make the prediction that the Colts do make the playoffs. So it's going to be a lot of fun uh, over these next five weeks. And we're going to be here for every second of it. So Drake, let's talk about uh, the Colts injury report and, and clear up some injury news from yesterday. I already kind of talked about the guys that missed uh, Juju Brents with the quad missed another game. But like I said, the sense within the building is that Brents could be back sooner rather than later. So it, I don't know if it'll be this week or if he'll need a couple weeks of practice, but it seems like Brents is very, very close to getting back on the practice field, which means he's not too far away from returning to the playing field for the Colts. Jonathan Taylor. Uh, we had surgery on his thumb and we got a little bit of an update on that timeline. So originally Drake, it was two to three weeks for Jonathan Taylor. Now it seems like it might be around three to five weeks. So three weeks would, would leave him with about three games remaining five weeks. Could it could encroach that little bit of a danger where he might only be able to return for Houston. Maybe it won't even be able to return until the uh, first, the wild card round of the playoffs. So any concern about that with this Colts team, with Jonathan Taylor, with the the the, the timeline being pushed back a little bit? Yeah, just be, I, I think the concern is is if they really get into the that the the thick of I think in three weeks, and you know they have 
a situation where they really have to win all those games. They don't have Taylor. You want to have all those playmakers. But I'm also not as concerned because it might sound cliche, but, man, Shane Steichen has been able to use Zach Moss well. I know in this last game he hit a wall, but they still won the game. All right, And, and Moss is going to have better outings than he did against Tennessee. Tennessee's got a good and talented defensive front. Even without Jeffrey Simmons, they had Tyre Tart back there. He's one of the be- he's basically Tennessee's Grover Stewart. Okay? He is. So they, they had weapons taking Zach Moss out of his groove in that game. I think that he can bounce back, and I'm, I'm just not as concerned as I would be with most teams in most situations. Yeah. So I, 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 I would tend to agree there, but I still think this offense definitely goes to a completely another level when Jonathan Taylor is in there. Fair, so fair. obviously you, you, you rely and you think you, you think Zach Moss can get the job done full confidence there, but whenever Jonathan Taylor is ready to come back, you take him back in a heartbeat. And then finally, the lone injury from yesterday was offensive tackle Braden Smith. Like I said, he left in the middle of the first quarter, I think it was, with a knee injury. Blake Freeland came in and played out the rest of the game. Shane Steichen did not have an update on Braden Smith this week, so it's definitely something to watch, uh, especially with with some teams coming up with, with really good pass rushers, Drake. I mentioned the Steelers. Kenny Pickett may be out, but TJ Watt is TJ Watt's still in there. Alex Highsmith, uh, when you're looking at the at the Las Vegas Raiders, Max Crosby on uh, that side of the ball. So you definitely don't want Braden Smith to miss much time, and you're much more confident with him in there uh, than Blake Freeland, especially because when Braden Smith has played this year, he's been a top 10 offensive tackle in the NFL, not just a right tackle, top 10 offensive tackle in the entire NFL. I swear to God, Blake Freeland's going to turn into an all-pro. Uh, the the way that he's been thrust into all <laughs> that's of, a bold prediction man it's a jo- it's a joke uh, but, <laughs> but like just the competition this guy as a fourth rounder's had to face he might have to face tj watt is um who's the i i'm blanking right now it's um hendrickson for from the Bengals. trey hendrickson is on the Bengals, uh so that's that's obviously going to be a matchup i think he unless he's out for the year i thought there was something about him being out for the year i know stats matt said uh okay stats matt just chimed in could have Hendrickson and TJ Watt. Yeah. And still got to face DJ Reader and Cam Hayward. So a lot of good defensive linemen uh, yeah. on the docket for the Colts over these next five weeks. Basically, you're hoping Braden Smith can play. Look, uh, Blake Freeland has filled in admirably. I think that this is going to turn him into perhaps a better prospect than the Colts even thought. But, man, you really want that run-blocking prowess. I mean, Braden Smith, he's a good pass blocker, but holy cow, that dude can really lay the lumber in the ground game. So you hope that he's going to get healthy, and you hope that that knee injury isn't anything more than just maybe a little tweak. You like you like that Blake Freeland had his opportunity this this season to get some of yeah, those reps. You know? uh, that's going to help down the line. But last month of the season, when the Colts are in the may- middle of a playoff battle uh, to, to get into the playoffs, excuse me, you need your best players out there. Yes. So that's why you want Brayton Smith back as quickly as possible. Let's go to the latest Colts news and rumors. There's just a couple of things that happened over the past few days, and one that actually happened this afternoon, uh, and it deals with former Colts linebacker Shaquille Leonard. We told you we, we'd follow this story uh, until Shaq found his new team, and he did today. Shaq Leonard came to terms uh, on a one-year deal with the Philadelphia Eagles. So Shaq Leonard goes, reunites with former Colts offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni. I think there's still some former Colts coaches on that Eagles staff with Sirianni as well. And and honestly, I 
in my opinion, that's the best place for him. I think we even said uh, last week that that whether it was the Cowboys or the Eagles, that the Eagles was was probably the best fit for Shaq Leonard. They've had some issues at linebacker. There's a really stout defensive line in front of them, so hopefully that could help him out as well. But really, above all else, in from my personal opinion, I really hope that Shaq Leonard goes to Philadelphia, really knocks it out of the park, and who knows if the Eagles end up winning the Super Bowl, the Maniac gets a ring. Yeah, and look, okay, at the end of the day, all that matters is that he found the perfect spot, and you're talking about a guy who he knows very well, who is now the leader of all the coaches. He is He's he's overseeing everything, and Nick Sirianni is a coach of the year candidate, okay? Like, even after this brutal loss to the 49ers, all right, regardless of what people think about Philly's OC, I mean, I think that Shaq Leonard could provide a spark because like you said, their linebackers are really hurting right now. I think that they're hurting in efficiency. And I think that Leonard is going to see this as an opportunity to show, I hate to say it, but he's going to see this fully as an opportunity to show not just the Colts, but the rest of the NFL that didn't pick up and pick him up that look, I'm still here to play. I can still get to the pro bowl. I can still play at a high level and I'm going to prove the Colts wrong that, you know, I, I wasn't used more, but at the end of the day, man, you're just happy to see them go to a title contender and, they could still win the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's definitely his mentality. We'll have to see if if Shaq can go and have success there because, I mean, just because he left the Colts doesn't wipe away what we saw on film over, over the first half of the season. That's you know, also true. Definitely wasn't the Shaq Leonard of old, but you hope he can be put in positions to succeed and, and, and play well with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Let's uh, then the Colts had a couple of roster moves, Drake, this week at the wide receiver position. Uh, a familiar name with the practice squad, Ethan Fernier, uh, was signed back to the practice squad for the Colts. Uh, someone that you and I kind of watched intently throughout oh, yeah. training camp. He made some big plays, and the reason for that was because the Colts placed wide receiver KJ Hamler on the practice squad injury list. So, guys, that a lot of fans wondered could he possibly be called up to the active roster to give the Colts some wide receiver help turns out Hamler has been uh injured and and doesn't look like he'll be coming onto the field for the Colts anytime soon yeah it's probably the last time you're going to see him like in a Colts uniform it kind of it's kind of a kick in the gut because KJ Hamler's got a lot of skills man he really does and he's a really twitchy guy there in the slot um and I was kind of looking forward to potentially seeing him get that roster spot maybe as a special teamer or something but that sucks, but hey, like we said, Ethan Fernea, we've we've watched him in training camp, and he's actually got some big playability, so he's going to push the secondary in practice for sure. And and who knows, maybe Hamler gets healthy and and sticks around with the Colts uh, after the season. You know, kind of something like what Kiki QT did uh, for the Colts and and found a role. So I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't write him off just yet. So finally, as we wrap up the show here today, Colts player of the game. A lot of, lot of guys that you can choose for this oh, award so today uh, all across the board. Offense, defense, special teams. Uh, really, there's so many names. So, so uh, chat, go ahead and drop who your pick is for Colts player of the game. Drop it down below. Drake, I'm going to hand it off to you, buddy. Who is your Colts player of the game for the overtime victory over the Titans? Too many freaking options, but he had his coming out party. Alec Pierce, all right? Alec Pierce gets his. <laughs> His roses, he gets his award. This guy absolutely took the freaking top off of that defense. He opened up everything else for the Colts, especially for Michael Pittman, uh, as if Michael Pittman needed more help. Well, he got it. So this is just something that I hope continues. I want to see more down downfield shots. Man, keep the secondaries you face on their toes. You're going to have to without Anthony Richardson at quarterback. So 
congrats to Alec Pierce. I just hope that we see more of this. It's a great pick. And I agree. Uh, would love to see more Alec Pierce within this offense, just to add another explosive element to this passing game, really stretch out the opposing defenses that the Colts are going to face over the next few weeks. Here come, here come the, uh, uh, the picks for player of the game. CMD SR agrees with you. Drake, uh, Pierce, uh, drops the 100 emoji in there. Is it, is it's a hundred percent agree a hundred yards for Alec Pierce. Either way. Great use of the emoji there. CMD SR stats, Matt player of the game. Got to go away from the obvious Nick cross. Hey, Ooh. I like that pick the block punt played a lot of meaningful defensive snaps snaps and made an impact. True. It was grant steward and his beautiful <laughs> main i already know what patrick's pick is going to be it's grant stewart uh so he doesn't even need to put it in the chat but for me guys it's mpj michael Pittman jr uh silencing the doubters if you don't believe he's a wide receiver one now you simply do not know football 11 catches 105 yards the game winning touchdown michael Pittman does it week in week out he's becoming a leader within this team and and he is really really found his groove within this shane steichen offense shane steichen loves michael Pittman jr and like i said at the beginning of the show colts would be wise to lock him up before he reaches free agency do not let a talent like that test the waters because number one you're probably going to end up having to paying him more uh, in order to keep him and you don't even want to gamble with losing uh, a player like michael Pittman jr so mpj is my player of the game pay that man his money and keep him with the indianapolis colts long term so drake four straight wins for the indianapolis colts got the broom out Got the broom out for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, first sweep in a long time. I know Titans fans weren't uh, uh, weren't happy about that one. Uh, and I know our buddy Logan Schmidt was uh, certainly talking that talk all over social media. Uh, good for him uh, on that. That was always fun to watch. But for, for a season that we're thinking, hey, if they get to seven wins, we'd feel really good about that. Colts are at seven wins at the beginning of December. And you know what? This Colts season has been a lot of fun so far. And it's all about when you get hot and at the time that you get hot. And right now the Colts have a soft schedule. They're getting back one of their best defenders. I mean, look out, man. They could actually make this happen. Neither me nor Andrew thought they would make the playoffs. So, you know, you got to give Shane Steichen a lot of credit here. Who would have thought that the Indianapolis Colts would be one of the most dangerous teams in football as we reach December. And that's our show for this evening. Guys want to give us one last shout out here to a a super chat from NFL nerd. Thanks. gents. Always a fun time. Thank you so much for the super chat and joining us. It's always fun to talk Colts football on Monday and Thursday nights with you guys. NFL nerd, thank you so much for all of your support. So if you haven't done so already, please go follow us on all of our socials. Like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook. Follow at Colts on FN on X and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I are going live, whenever Shad goes live with the Saddle Up show. Remember, we're trying to get to 2,000 subscribers before the end of the regular season and I think we're about 140 away. So go ahead and subscribe and share so other people can subscribe as well. But if you can't catch us live, we're on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. So make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can reach other Colts fans 
just like you. Want to give one more thank you to all of our super stickers for the evening. Uh, my beautiful wife, Danielle, Joe Denham, Truett, NFL Nerd, all of you guys for all of your support and everyone else in the chat for joining us on this Monday evening. Drake and I have been writing away on horseshoehuddle.com, making sure we stay up to date, covering every aspect of the team and getting out as much content as possible to you guys. So Drake, go ahead and tell the people what you've written so they could check it out on the site. Yeah, so I talked about how Ryan Kelly praised Shane Steichen and talked about the locker room presence that he brings, the five, uh, er, uh, well, oh wait, that was an old one. Um, and then I recently, okay, so the three good and three bad in the Colts went over the Titans, so I go over, you know, what went well and what didn't, so go check that out. Awesome. Yeah, and if you guys see Horseshoe Huddle's page and all the articles Drake has written over the last few days, you'll understand why I call him the hardest working man in Colts media. So make sure you go check that out. For myself, wrote a piece on Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce and their impact on yesterday's game and what their impact is going to be on this Colts offense, uh, uh, not only for the rest of the season, but possibly years to come. So make sure you check that out and all the other fantastic writings by our staff and, and our colleagues at horseshoehuddle.com go follow drake at d walster drake you can follow me at andrew moore nfl and we'll be back thursday night to get you all set for the colts taking on the cincinnati Bengals uh uh in cincinnati for week 14 i think it is week 14 mm -hmm. in wow. the nfl do the colts get five wins in a row we'll have to see but until then everyone enjoy your week enjoy the rest of your victory monday and we'll be seeing you Thursday night.